I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. Use humanistic principles. Well, I would say the same idea. I would say that. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful savior, and the gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. adventure we will explore the spiritual abyss you have not experienced this before you're gonna love it see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the gospel heard around the world, everybody. I am Jeff. They call me the ninja. That's Luke the Bear right there. What is up? And, of course, the lovely Joy the Girl. Hello. And we are excited about today's episode today, everybody. But before we start, everyone, make sure you go to ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. Go there. Check out all the hundreds of radio shows and podcast episodes done like over 10 years right there at ApologiaStudios.com. But also sign up for All Access. When you sign up for All Access, you partner with us in everything that we do at Apologia Church and getting the gospel around the world through our media content across all of our platforms. And so the way that you have seen this content and any other content that has blessed you is because somebody, a brother and sister in Christ, just like you, partnered with us through Apology All Access, and that's what makes it all possible. But we also have, through Apology All Access, the TV shows, the after show, Apology Academy, and, by the way, Bonson U is up at ApologiaStudios.com. Bonson U, you get to get a blessing that people used to pay a lot of a lot of coin for a lot of coin for whether you were going to christ theological seminary which used to be bonson theological seminary or whether you were downloading all the lectures from cmfnow.com now you get to get over 1900 audio lectures seminary courses sermons all that stuff and video at Bonson U. It's on its way. It's all happening. It's all being rolled out. But right now, there are lessons there right now with apologetics in mind. Of course, you have to start with that with, with Dr. Greg Bonson. If you don't know, you need to get to know. So if you're new to Apology Radio and you're like, I don't know who this uh, this, this Greg Bonson fella is, um, get to know it because it'd be really great that you did get to know it. Um, it's, that's been around so long that people literally paid with coin. 
Pro- yeah, actually, they used to yeah send them in the mail, probably. No, literally, probably. I need to get a, a cassette tape so they would send coin in the mail. Yeah, rolls of quarters. That's very, probably very true. I'm sure that's happened. Well, somewhat recently, you a could drachma. you could buy like a flash drive from where they used to live, oh. and they would send you a flash drive. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm-hmm. man, that's a little. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like a that just reminded me of. You saying they could send you a tape. Yes. That's kind of like the modern version of yeah, send sending you a, you a tape. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> Just yeah. don't lose it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hope you don't lose that. It's very valuable. So, Bonson, you praise God for David Bonson and entrusting all of his father's work and life work and ministry work to Apologia Church and uh, for allowing us to put this up there to bless the world. Hey, listen, it actually, you may not realize this. A lot of times we don't think through, like, how does all this happen, actually? When you go to, say, any web- website that's playing a video and you click on the video, that website or, or uh, business organization has to pay for you to click the video. So they're paying for the bandwidth. They're paying They're probably p- paying Amazon and their servers to, to play that video for you. And so it, it, I just wanted you to hear how awesome this is, to have the ability to put up uh, you know, almost 2,000 of the best Christian teaching lectures and, and sermons in the history of the Christian church and apologetics and philosophy, church history, all that stuff, to have it in, in, in our space, to be able to just bless the church with it for free is, is really, it's an amazing thing. It really is an amazing thing. And so big thanks to the Bonson family yes. for allowing us to do that, but also big thank you to all of our All Access members that are actually making it possible. So the, the way that the world changes is through truth and the gospel and the spirit of God. But it's, it's truth that transforms. And so we believe that Dr. Bonson's life work is, is, is some of the greatest explanation of truth that we have in, in, a, in a lot of generations. And uh, Dr. Bonson's one of my heroes of the faith, and uh, you will benefit greatly from him. And so Bonson U is free. It's free. Thank you to everybody who's all access. Free 99. You're making it free for everybody to, to get taught by Dr. Greg Bonson. Uh, I've, I've said this. I think he's one of the greatest Christian philosophers and apologists in the Christian church, uh, in the history of the Christian church. I think Dr. White um, is, is as well. And the difference, I think, between the two is uh, Dr. White has actually done something I don't think any Christian apologist in the history of the Christian church has done, and that has debated uh, as many people as he has from all these different worldviews and perspectives around the globe, and he's gone for the best representative for each position that he goes after. So whether it's Roman Catholicism, whether it's Islam, Mormonism, he's going after their top uh, representatives. And uh, there's no one in history of the church has done that, to my, to my understanding. And so you, you have really two giants of the faith in my mind that have really impacted my life. And Dr. Bonson's the, the other one, and it comes down to a consistent Christian worldview, philosophy, and apologetic. You're just not going to get better. And it's available for free for the world. That's insane. So, uh, Bonson U, ApologiaStudios.com. Go there. Sign up for all access because you make everything we're doing possible, whether it is the teaching stuff, whether it is the -the on-the-street evangelism, whether when we're traveling to uh, South Carolina to go there to the Capitol to preach the gospel. Apologia Studios is sharing in those costs uh, to make sure that you see it and it Mm -hmm. changes the world. That's the truth. Uh, We do a lot of uh, we do a lot of exchange and trying to make sure we protect each ministry and lower the costs. And so we do a lot of sharing too. Uh, and Apology of Studio picks up a lot of those costs. And uh, that's because of you. So thank you. True that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we um, have, we, okay. So I want to say, first of all, please everybody pray for Lizzie. Uh, did you get to see the show last week at all? Any pieces of it? I watched a little bit I'm of gonna it. I'm going to play yeah. some of it mm-hmm. today. Um, Lizzie was so sweet. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get because. Right. 
you know, in the online stuff, you know, it's a person you don't know that uh, comes on and everything she was writing was in all caps. And everybody had to point that out to her. They were like, uh, why are you yelling? <laughs> Stop <laughs> yelling at me. Uh, there's a, um, I have a role, part of my job here. Rec- I, there's something that I do here. I'm not going to get into the details of it. That um, rec- I hit the caps lock and like do my work that way. So every once in a while I will be working on that. And then, like, someone messages me, and I'm just like, hey! <laughs> But so if I ever, if I ever receive a message from me and you feel like I'm yelling at you, it's probably just because I was working on that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so y- you didn't know what you were going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. But I wanted to just say, and I said this last week, how grateful I was to Lizzie for being so courageous um, to be to want to come on the show. She asked me, you know, would you willing to debate this I don't issue? think people realize how often we set up interactions and then people just don't right. they follow through. They'll oh, follow through, time, yeah. they'll bounce. We've set up debates in the past where we had a debate, you know, early on in the history of Apologia Church uh, or Apologia Christian Ministries, we had a, a, a public debate uh, scheduled and in, in, in underway for uh, with a local Mormon bishop and he bounced. He oh, committed and right. he bounced. Remember it's that? It's super common. Yeah. And, and, and he so, was told you can't do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, basically, probably from the top. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting when Lizzie, you know, messaged and she was, you know, on the thread, the, EA, the EAN thread, and she was, you know, ar- arguing and, you know, uh, she said she wanted to, to do a debate on this. I thought, well, that's impressive for someone today in this context to not to want to get from behind the keyboard. Uh, and so she came on, but we didn't know like what to expect. You know, is is she gonna be? Yeah, you never know. You know, is she gonna be? You know, is she gonna be in caps lock the whole time? Right. You know, while she's in the conversation <laughs> with us, and you know, and she wasn't. I mean, from the very moment I started talking to her before we were on the air, Lizzie was super, super sweet. Uh, she really, really is. I, I think she's lovely. She's sweet, um, and I just I had a wonderful time w- talking to her. Um, and so uh, I, we were supposed to have her on again today. I want to let everybody know also for, for Lizzie, uh, she committed to come on again and she was all set to come on again, but she messaged and she said that she had to go to, um, a funeral. Um, and so our prayers go out to Lizzie and to the family of the person, uh, that they're going to the funeral for. Um, so she wasn't able to make it on today and she was bummed and so are we. Uh, so she hopefully will be on next week, Lord willing, uh, but be praying for Lizzie. Um, and, uh, I thought, you know, be good. Let's, let's talk about reasoning with somebody who's not a believer, reasoning with an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Like, how should we go about doing that? And, and I think there's, a, there's, there's an appropriate way to start this conversation in terms of foundations. Like, like how? Like, what's the starting point? What's your, what's your source of authority? We could do that, and I think we, we are going to do that. But I, I think something that, um, that Luke mentioned at the very end of the show when Lizzie got off last week was he was challenging the people who were in the thread right. who were just vicious, vile, nasty uh, to Lizzie. Um, and I, I thought we could probably start with that because that, that you know, going into the discussions about the foundation of knowledge and all that stuff and how to interact in that way is important. But I, I'd love to hear you guys talk to that issue of like, um, I, you know, we had a conversation earlier. It's a tough month. <laughs> like, you know, it's Pride Month. I mean, you got stuff shoved in your face constantly. Gay History Month. Gay History Month. You've got, you know, you've got things are very different today, even uh, from where they were when we first started this show mm. almost 10 years ago. Um, I mean, it's just this massive spiral downward in just a decade 
from when we first started doing this and it's just so in your face and so aggressive and like now it's pride month and every company is like shoving this in your face uh skittles i went i was walking to the store i was walking to the store today and i passed by the stupid bag of skittles that's all white skittles now it's white pride um skittles um and uh and you know you can't get away from it it's everywhere so that can gnaw at you and it could wear you down and you could get overwhelmed by it and maybe you react in a way that is just sort of out of anger or not considering the fact that like we have an answer as to why the world is the way that it is like why are people um praising uh a broken sexual relationship why are people praising the distortion of the image of god in a person why are people praising this stuff in the public square well the answer is well, well, they're wars with God. <laughs> like, they're at war with God. They're blinded. They're dead in their sins and trespasses. And the only hope for them is a light of the gospel exactly. in Jesus Christ is going to raise the dead to life. And so, like, we, I, I always myself have tried, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not the standard in this. I'm not perfect at this. I'm being sanctified myself. But I will just give you some insight personally. I got to work on this too. Like, if I go to the Mormon temple with Luke, and I'm about to hit the street. I have to spend I have to spend time praying on the way there. Absolutely. And when I get there, to God, make my make my passion, uh, make my passions in accordance with your passions and desires, um, and make my uh, motivations pure. Like, why am I doing this? Am I going there to fight people and just win an argument, or am I going to win people to Jesus Christ with the gospel? Like, I, I have to work on that too. But I I I get the fact that we could be worn down to a nub. And we're like, you know, we just sort of react and, and go ahead, just speak to that issue because I think it's an important one. Well, I was just going to say, I I don't think you said on the show, but I think when we were talking to James, you were saying, James, I complimented on how patient you were. And I think you said you certainly didn't used to be like that. Mm. I mean, we've talked about this. N- neither did I. You know, that was one thing we've talked about. Just the, I love the um, Jerry Bridges book, um, Respectable Sins, and the one sin that that Christians struggle with that's not really talked about as pride mm. you know and when I read that book it really hit me hard because like you were just saying like I was the guy that would be out there that just wanted to win the argument and had no problem smacking somebody up the head with the bible like yeah. not literally but like uh maybe but uh you know but just just for the sake of winning an argument and right. and and losing sight of why you're doing it and you're doing it to win them to Christ, to win their soul. And so, um, no, I appreciated the way you handled it. And there's a, there, and there's, this is where people will, will lose sight. The Christian life, and I'm going to toss this a joy, the Christian life is always, it's always a matter of balance. Yes. And so Christians tend to fall off a cliff on either side. On every issue, Christians will fall off a cliff. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, somebody will say, um, uh, you know, I destroyed my TV. Like I saw somebody recently, they smashed their television, um, like destroyed it. And they took a picture of it on Facebook. They smashed the TV, destroyed it. And they basically said like, you know, this thing is, you know, it's, it's a stumbling block and da, 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 da. Uh, so my family and I decided to get rid of the TV, no TV in our house. And I thought to myself, well, that means I wouldn't get to watch any sermons or any movies that glorify God. Like if you took that out of my house, like I'd, we'd miss out on playing the worship music from the TV right. that we do in the living room all day. But it's a cliff. You know, it, it's a cliff. And if you do it, you want to do it to the glory of God, I'm not going to fight with you over it. Okay. But, you know, in terms of balance, I think like you could say, yes, people do sinful things on these things. Right. But there's also a lot of God glorifying things you could do on these things. And so the cliff is always like Christians will say, I'm just going to destroy the TV and throw it out of my house. And the other side of the cliff is somebody that says, well, you know, so what? Like, no restrictions. You know, I'll just watch whatever and, 
you know, uh, I don't care how perverse it is or how naked people are. I'll just go ahead and watch it and it doesn't bother me to any degree. Like, I, I won't worry about the protection. So there's the other cliff. Like, it doesn't really matter and it doesn't matter what I'm watching. You know, I enjoy it. It's fun for me. Uh, like, what's that stupid movie where, that people were loving for years uh, recently where it's, it's like a, it's totally, it's all sex. It's all... Uh, 29,000 Shades of Grey. Is it the Shades of Grey movie. It's like, you know, well, you know, I really think there's some redeemable things in there. It's like, you don't need it. No, no. there's the other cliff. The balance is to say, like, well, it's a tool, and it could be used in a way that is sinful. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, it's balance. And, you know, someone could hear something like we're saying right now, Joy, and they could say, well, um, you know, we sometimes we have to actually drop hammers. Sometimes we have to actually say the cutting thing. And I would say, well, hopefully you've seen that from us at Apologia. Like we've, we've said some pretty cutting things at times that get us into a lot of trouble. Um, so we're not saying that there's never a time to use your sword and cut your opponent's head off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is a very, you better do it. Please do it um, and do it often when it's necessary. Um, but uh, the cliff is people will fall off on either side. I'm just gonna be super sweet and loving, not confrontational um, or you know, or I'm just, I'm always in the red <laughs> and like trying to destroy people. I think there has to be a balance. The Christian life is about balance. Yeah. And I think, well, I think there's a unique challenge in social media and the internet, which is that we kind of, um, I don't know that we've really all believed that like our sins that happen privately on the internet exist right yeah um sitting on the internet is real <laughs> right yeah. so we kind of think of it as like like it's just digital information mm -hmm. so it doesn't doesn't really like get to god or anything like that um <laughs> it stays it stays in the dark net right um but so i think ultimately that's what fauci thought <laughs> hey <-oh! laughs> whoops yeah it doesn't go away guys <laughs> careful yeah. um but yeah i think it's not a new struggle, but it's like a unique version of an old struggle, which is something, you know, you talk about on occasion, which is being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. The true definition of which is you act a certain way mm -hmm. and then you act another certain way. And mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're pretending mm -hmm. one of those, one of those is you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, and we know that basically what comes out of your mouth or what flows from your fingertips reveals what's inside of you. And if what you're typing reveals that you actually do have hatred in your heart and you're angry and you can't even listen to someone say something mm -hmm. that you don't agree with, well, that's in your heart. Um, it's not... It, it no one else may ever know about it, but it's still something that you're accountable to and you're not supposed to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to be pretending like it's even it's even worse. Obviously, it's it's horrible to have uh, hatred in your heart for people, but um, it's even worse with the hypocrite thing, because then that means you are going somewhere else and in your personal interpersonal mm -hmm. life that takes place in this world when you go to church or work or whatever if you're acting another way that's just a whole problem in and of itself um it means that you don't you don't have accountability right and you don't have any self-awareness even potentially um and it's just kind of a i think i don't know i i almost would want to say that if you're really really interested 
and having meaningful conversations with people, it really does need to become like more personal, like one-on-one. So either a phone call or even just like a private message, you need to feel like you're not just, I think basically I think a way to avoid that is to just um, make sure that you're actually investing time in this conversation with this person instead of just like shotgunning horrible mean things to mm-hmm. people. Um, and yeah, I guess the kind of what I, all I'm trying to say is the kind of conversation you're willing to have exposes something mm-hmm. about you. Um, and if you're not willing to be patient with people, it exposes, it doesn't expose that they're a fool, right? It exposes that you're impatient exactly. and unloving. And so don't get so caught up on what the other person's doing. You're always going to be your primary first responsibility when you interact with people. Um, so it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how, what they say. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Like what you, how you respond is going to expose what's going on in your own heart. And yeah. I think it's exposed a lot of really horrible things <laughs> in Christians hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to say along those lines, I, I would argue that, that them internets actually show what's in someone's heart. And mm-hmm. I know that's kind of what you're saying, but like, right. Cause like you said, there's like split personalities. Like you don't, your heart most people their hearts don't come forth in in real life face to face it's through right. the internet yeah <laughs> well yeah and those are the things even and it happens like in our own personal private lives yeah. right like our inner monologue or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it but yeah we just those are i guess even if you want to use the word like besetting or respectable yeah those are the sins that are going to like creep and lurk mm-hmm. in your life and you need to make sure they're not there (laughs) amen yeah and it goes you know it goes towards the believer and the unbeliever um you know believe and that's a good point i think a lot of people uh, we haven't reflected deeply enough and, and maybe hard enough on the fact that sinning on the internet is sin and it's sin you're accountable for it we, we do things on the internet like we behave in ways at times on the internet that we wouldn't do at someone's dinner table mm. or with just right. a stranger on the street like we wouldn't just shout uh, obscenities or derogatory remarks at somebody in a parking lot uh, going into the grocery store like we would never do that in real life but we're fine to do it mm-hmm. in an internet uh you know comment box on, on a live video we'll say na- the nastiest things about somebody oh yeah um and and those are those those are abuses and they're unloving things and they're things that you're you know you're held accountable for um and you know it, it, it goes a lot of different ways you could talk about like even like you know gossip like we might have gossip guarded in the small group community at our local church but like do we guard ourselves against gossip Gossip on the internet because it also is gossip there or like you know am I quick to share an article online uh, where somebody's making accusations about, about about somebody am I quick to share that article before I've really reflected on is this a just accusation is there enough evidence or proof or am I actually spreading slander am I spreading gossip have i got both sides of the story Uh, yep we've we've forgotten that the internet is like you know it, it may be you know out there in you know digital world but it's your sin (laughs) it's your fingers it's your heart um and when it comes to the unbeliever you know how were you brought to a relationship with christ i would imagine that you like me were brought into relationship with christ because a christian told you the truth but they weren't abusive to you while they told you the truth they loved you 
uh, and they, they shared the love of Christ with you, and they, they told you the truth. Maybe sometimes it was a very hard truth. They really cut you, but they weren't abusive to you. Right. Like, you know, people don't come to Christ while someone's, like, punching them in the face. You know, like, you believe in Christ, you know. Like, no, people are like, what? <laughs> no. Um, and so I, just, I think we have to consider that in terms of, like, how we go about doing this. Uh, speak the truth in love. You can just, I mean, how many verses do you need to tell you to do this? Speak the truth in love, um, you know, gentleness and respect. When you provide a defense for the faith, do it with gentleness and with reverence. Um, and so all that matters. But okay, so there's a foundation. Well, and you return to the text to decide what is what is loving or not. Right. Like you don't, you don't just determine... You don't just be like, well, I don't feel like you were being very gentle. Right. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not you, asking everyone. You receive a lot of compliments on that from a lot of people. And then I've also heard you say, he's not even this. He's not, he's not being, he's just hammering her with the Bible. Like, and it's like, right. it's like, okay, well, so how do you determine it's what damned, loving it's, speech is? It's a damned if you do, a damned if you right. don't sort of situation. So you still have to have the standard, not just for knowledge, right. but you have to have the standard for yeah. what is loving and what would not be loving. And when we say be loving, speak the truth in love, we don't mean just always be in a perpetual mode of being a sweetheart. Right. You know, because there's, you know, last year I got kicked around in the internet a ton because I said some very not nice things uh, to, uh, about the woke movement and things like that. You know, so, you know, if somebody were to say like, you know, is, is he always a sweetheart? Is he ever saying hard things? I mean, I would say, well, just, you know, take a look over the last two years of, of um, history and you'll see me mm -hmm. saying some very harsh, very yeah strong sounding things like calling woke pastors pimps um uh things like that and using other words which i won't say right now because there's no reason to but sometimes there's a reason to like at the fight laugh feast conference there was yeah. a reason to say it well i was so. going to say that's why the standard isn't the court of public opinion right um and we talked about this a little bit last week we just barely touched on it but like there's there's a time to be a prophet there's a time to be a priest right last like we said last week was the time to be a priest it was to be you know very gracious and calm and and caring but there are times where you need to call down thunder right there's times to use the language you use and like, there's well, times like, to use a serrated edge well like even when the police officers came and the police officers in tempe were abusing apologia church and other christians who were going out there stealing their property arresting them uh on on false premises and abusing them through the courts you know, we knew that was going on, so we went prepared. We went the documentation and the court, uh, you know, findings and decisions and things like that about past cases, about what we were actually engaged in. And when the police officers came, we tried to be respectful for their position. We tried to speak to them with grace and, and, and gentleness. Uh, but when we saw that they were just going to sin and, uh, and be unjust, um, we called them out like to their faces. We said, no, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. I'm not going to listen to a word that you're saying and, and you need to repent and you're a thug, you know? Yeah. Okay. That, there was a moment where I was like, it's time to go after yeah. this person who's doing this. And I tried to be nice <laughs> and now it's time to not be nice. Uh, now it's time just to give the hard truth. I think a perfect example, and I learned this from you was like with Mormon missionaries, you know, like if you meet with them, very rarely do we get more than one meeting with them, but yeah. if you were to get more than one meeting with them, which used to happen quite a bit, you know, if you had that original meeting, you were very gracious and kind, and and you, you maybe even the second time, but the third time, if they're just refusing to repent or whatever, it's like you would call down thunder on them at that point because you know then it was like you are deliberately uh, condemning people to hell. With you've your, you've with received your a lot of exactly. light. You've received so much light 
in the these past two conversations right and now your now your heart is hard mm -hmm. and now you're going to go out and continue to spread this false message about a false god and you know that you are right, right. and you're going to do it willingly so that's where mm -hmm. you say you're going to you're going to die in your sins you are a false prophet you're a false teacher you know whatever the case may be uh, but you know you do have to start the conversation yeah <laughs> you do have to at least start the conversation right exactly. so um all right so uh, a couple of things in terms of foundations i think really important um i won't do a whole episode on this today but just in terms of foundations uh there are different perspectives uh amongst godly men and women in terms of how you should engage the unbeliever um and it is our perspective that all of us are made in the image of God, the same God. Uh, Romans 1 says that we all know God. We know the true God and that we suppress the truth about him in unrighteousness. So the problem for all human beings, according to the Apostle Paul, under divine inspiration, isn't a lack of light about God. Right? So you have the unbeliever, the atheist who says, I don't believe God exists. I don't think there's enough evidence for God's existence. You know, well, you can believe the atheist on their own terms, or you can actually believe God and with his authoritative self-attesting word who says, no, that image bearer does know me. And the problem is, is that they're suppressing the truth mm -hmm. and unrighteousness. And here's the point. Listen, we're not saying when we say that, that the unbeliever knows God, he's suppressing the truth, that actually he's just sort of like secretly going, I'm just kidding. I really know this God, like sort of a thing. It's self-deception. They're, they're so lost and, and they're such a rebel against God that they're self-deceived. And what they do is they end up switching God for an idol, engaging in creature worship, worship of the creation, and all the rest. Everything is distorted. So what we say fundamentally is no matter who we cross paths with, this person is made in the image of God, and they know, they know the true God, and they can't help acting that out in real life. And so say, for example, in false religion, man-made religion, it's not as though the person rejects the true God, and now they're not going to worship anything. Now they'll worship anything. And so false religion is really just a, one big, long explication of the rebellion of image bearers of God mm. that don't want the true God, so they make one in their image. So you could just name the religion, and we'll show you the image of God there, the points of contact that show that it's an image of God, and that they're, they're creating a God that looks very much like them. And with the unbeliever, same situation. They know the true God, uh, but they can't help, um, even in their denials of the true God, they can't help actually being the image of God. So a perfect example is like Lizzie last week. Lizzie was um, concerned with justice. She had a sense of things that were right and wrong and things that you shouldn't do and things that you should do. And he, she, she thought that it would just be such an awful, awful thing after somebody is raped as though that was a bad thing and that you ought not do that. If you made them carry this baby for nine months and she thought that was unjust. You see, here's an image bearer of God who denies God's existence and thinks that she's a cosmic accident actually decrying all the, the substantial sins and injustices that the Christian would also decry in terms of right. like, we need to treat people well, respect them, respect and honor them, love them, care for them, all that stuff. I mean, she even went so far as to say Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Not an atheism, right. right? And that's why I kept pointing to her. The point of contact is to say, you know the God that I'm talking about, your problem is sin. And so uh, I'm just gonna play this, uh, this portion Unless you guys wanted to say something to that. No. Okay. Go I'm going to play this portion just to show everybody this moment that sort of led into, when, when you hear us talking about like foundations, what I mean is this. We are standing on the word of God, the revelation of God as the standard, the starting point. It's God's self-attesting revelation 
that is the reference point. That's the starting point, right? So if we don't start with God, we can't know anything. Christ is the foundation of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Uh, we're told not to be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And so what we say, actually in this conversation, is that apart from God and his revelation, you can't know anything. Apart from God uh, and his revelation, you can't prove anything. Uh, apart from God and his revelation, there is no justice, there is no love, there is no tr truth, beauty, all that stuff. And so what we are saying is that God is the very reference point, the foundation for all of these questions. If you don't start with God, you don't get science. If you don't get start with God, you don't get logic. If you don't start with God, you don't get any of this stuff. You have to start with God's self-attesting revelation, okay? That's our, our, our fundamental starting point, all right? Uh, and here's a moment in the conversation where some of that came out, but I'm going to just say this. Uh, the point of this is not merely to destroy the unbeliever's position. We do want to do that. Exactly. We do want to destroy the unbeliever's position to show them that they're in the image of God and that their arguments are futile and they are foolish. We absolutely want to destroy um, all of these um, claims of unbelief. Yes, we do. But it's not merely to win the argument and destroy their system. It's to destroy their system and say, see, see, mm -hmm. you need him. See, you need Christ. See, you know him. You know him deep down. You can't help it. Even in your rebellion with these foolish arguments, you're showing that you know him, right? And, and you're sort of trying to like... Um, Right? It's the kid who's in the, in, the, in the closet, like, right? They close the doors and they're in the closet and they're like covering their eyes and they're trying to hide from the, author the authorities. <laughs> it's like you know, at a certain point, you open the closet door, you see the kid, you're like, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> August does this right now all oh, the time. Awesome. It's so hilarious. If, if August does something naughty he's not supposed to be doing right now, you know, we're like, honor your father and your mother. And he almost can say it now, but he will do something where like, if he's not supposed to do something and we're like, Augustine, he'll, he'll, he does this now. He closes his yeah. eyes. Yeah. The object permanence. No, like if here. I make all the objects go away, they there. won't still be there. <laughs> it's like that. Just, like, when I like, close my eyes, the entire world goes away. Right. It's 60 <laughs> seconds. They're just like this. It's like they, they're not there. They're gone. They can't see me. And uh, But that's what children do. Yeah. When the, the authority comes in, the children close their eyes. They try to hide themselves. Well, the purpose in talking to the unbeliever and trying to expose the image of God in them is to guys, listen, peel their fingertips back and away from their eyeballs, pull their eyelids open, help them to see, but not merely for self aggrandizement, like make yourself feel good. I really beat up an unbeliever. It's to expose the sin and point them to Jesus. That's the whole point of like presuppositional apologetics, right. all that. I think it's the most consistent, philosophically consistent and biblically consistent position, but it's also the position that says, it's about the gospel. The whole time mm -hmm. you are holding on to Christ as the, as the presuppositional apologist, you're holding on to Christ, God's word, his, his revelation. You're holding, 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 holding. You're, you're, you're not compromising. You're not pretending neutrality. And then the whole way through the conversation, finally you get to the point where you can go, now look, look, the whole time I've been, I've been hanging on to Christ, and that's why I can make sense of this, and you can't. That's why you need Christ, because you're sin. So here's... That's actually, I'm sorry, that's actually a, a great... A great illustration of romans one august yeah covers i think that's right that's hilarious. yeah yeah he does it all the time it's, so, it's, it. it's so sinful and, and it's kind of cute yeah <laughs> you're like you're like it's yeah. hard to be angry it's hard there's to be angry. those moments <laughs> where you have to like cover your laughing oh, yeah. that's that's me only i fail yeah. to cover it and mm -hmm. my wife gets mad at me oh. i just blatantly <laughs> laugh out loud um but i was just before you go to that i was gonna say because 
just along those lines, you know, we saw some silly criticism that's not even worth mentioning. I don't think of uh, of our your interaction with her last week. Um, but just to, along those lines, I was going to say like, um, you know, like sometimes, like you have to really demolish the worldview before you can give them the good news. Yeah. And and I thought you did a masterful job of that with with Lizzie. You know, like because the criticism was like, well, you sh- when she's mentioned her her dad leaving or whatever, like you should have just stopped and given her the gospel. And it's like, well, there's a time for that, but she at that point, like she needed to be shown that either the position she's standing on is either folly or she's stealing from mine. Yeah. You know, so you have to show her that there's nothing, there's there's no hope in her worldview first yeah. before you can say. Here is your hope. Yeah, and, and and hopefully you can see in the history of teaching from Apology at Church, we've dealt a lot with trauma, and we enter into that discussion, and we try to apply the biblical worldview to it to heal from that. Uh, we started off out of a drug and alcohol rehab facility. Those people are often very, very traumatized, and so the whole focus of our ministry the first couple of years at Apologia, you would hear it all the time, how to deal with loneliness, you know, the brokenness of, of a relationship with a parent or with a loved one. So dealing with trauma, of course, but this was a discussion where we're supposed to be talking about abortion and dealing with her worldview over the issue of abortion. This right. was this was an opportunity to give her to the gospel with the point of contact of the issue of abortion, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff really related to her unbelief. Um, and so here is... Uh, well, and you can absolutely, if you have a criticism of how someone else like candles their interaction you can absolutely go preach the gospel to someone in exactly the way yeah do it yourself you want to i don't even yeah. mean that yeah in like a snarky way no, please i do. just mean please please yeah. do. if you feel inspired to go do that and you feel like you know how to do it yeah. please do then you should definitely go do it at the end because because we could really use the help <laughs> if, you, if you have an hour of, of free time to write up a criticism of this yeah. you should maybe just use that hour to go hit, to right. share the gospel hit the streets and i will say this and i mean this respectfully to brothers and sisters in christ i listen to men often I, i'm on the phone with men often in my life that i really respect and that i cherish their wisdom they are godly men whether it's Pastor James or, you know, uh, just, uh, I won't name them, but a lot of guys. Um, and I listen. And when, I, 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 when they say, hey, I think you could do this better, or you should try this, or hey, let me ask you why you did that, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, I listen to the men who were in the fight. Hmm. I listen to the men who get their hands dirty. What I have committed not to do as a minister of the gospel is, because I have to keep my focus on Christ and, and pleasing Him, is I will not listen to the criticism of armchair evangelists, apologists, and pastors. Right. I don't do it. So if you're that kind of person that's, you know, sort of like sitting back in your easy chair, you know, typing away, like, this is how you should do this. Should, my, my answer to you is like what Joy said. Well, then please, please do. Show us, because we really need some help out here. And uh, <laughs> please do it. If you could do it better, I'm not the standard, but if you could do it better, we would love, we would love the help. So please do. <laughs> Here is uh, the start of that conversation from last week. Okay, I got it. Okay, so, okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, so um, th- there's the answer. Uh, what, what were you getting at? So you eat meat, yeah? Like yeah. a living, an animal who's Abs- a living life who can feel pain, who can feel emotions. I know cows, they literally... Okay, I just wanted to say this because I didn't say it last week because we have limited time, and I got to go after the big ticket items, right? right? And you might have said, like, I would have said this, and you're probably right, uh, but I, I'm trying to calculate in my mind, like, how do I reach her? Where's the image of God coming out? I'm looking right. for, like, big ticket right. items. But here was a moment where I was like, uh, I could, we could go down a whole thing on that, where right. she says, you know, it's a living thing. 
<laughs> I was like, you were supposed to be on here fighting for abortion. Right. <laughs> and she's now talking about animals right. and how she doesn't eat animals because they're living things that can feel pain. And I thought to myself... And love their children. They can feel oh. pain and they love their children. I, how, there's, how ironic. There's, there's just... It, see, there's so much to work with. When you rebel against God, you go into like this broken reasoning process where you're just sort of adopting consistencies that literally they're inconsistencies... That, that are, her whole life is wrapped up in every day. In other words, sure. her diet. Her diet every day is wrapped up in um, it's a living thing. It can feel pain. Like they love, their, they love their own offspring. And it's like you literally are dedicated to this, so dedicated that literally what you put into your mouth is connected to this every single day. And you don't see that you've just adopted a worldly position regarding mothers and fathers who kill their children. Mm-hmm. But she's not, she couldn't make that connecting point. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that attached to their children mm-hmm. yeah no it's a good question i think it shows a fundamental distinction between say your perspective your worldview and my worldview is i believe that human beings are unique and distinct creations of god and we are in the image of god and so we're different from snails horses dogs rocks and cows and all the rest there's something different about human beings being made in the image of god that is different from cows and other uh results of of um of creation. Now, on my question to you would be would be this. Here here would be the challenge. Um, you believe as an atheist that that you got here through unguided and unpurposed processes to get you to this place and I would imagine you believe if you really thought about it and sort of firmed up your commitments that you're no different than other evolutionary processes that got here by accident. And so I would say to you, um, why would you complain about what one bag of biological stuff does to another bag of biological stuff at all? So if you want to know what this is, it comes from Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. And it is, it's, it's this, uh, don't answer the fool according to their folly or you'll be like them. And then there's, there's a contrast, answer the fool according to their folly, lest they be wise in their own conceit. We call that the twofold apologetic methodology. And by the way, you do that with everybody. You would do that with any system of foolishness yeah. that there is. It could be with Mormonism. It could be with the Watchtower. It could be atheism, agnosticism. It could, it could be the LGBT, BLM, all that. The, the, God tells you in his wisdom, how do you, how do you reason with foolishness? And the first thing he says is he says, don't answer the fool according to their folly, or you're going to be like them. If you mm-hmm. adopt, if you adopt their procedures, their methodology, their foundations, if you, if you reason like them, then you're going to be like them. You're going to be a fool just like them. And that's why we say there's no neutrality. Neutrality is a myth, okay? So we can't, as Christians, pretend neutrality and engage in these conversations. Many people think that's effective. I would say the people who do that most today in society, to my mind, are uh, conservative Republicans. Those are the kinds of people that, that, that they think that by holding to the myth of neutrality, they can accomplish things rather than just standing on what they say right. they believe on Sunday. And that's Jesus Christ and God's revelation as final and authoritative. I think there's uh, almost no one more hypocritical in today's society than, than the conservative Republican who says one thing behind closed doors about Christ and God's word, gets into the public arena, gets into the public square and starts pretending neutrality, thinking that they're going to accomplish something by reasoning like the opposition. You can't. And so don't answer the fool according to their folly or you'll be like them. So here's an opportunity where Lizzie is hanging on to things, values, right? She says, these are important things like, you know, value life, 
things can feel pain, they love their offspring, all of that stuff. Well, you know, you could you could reason in that realm in a way, right? And and sort of adopt her her pretended neutrality for a second. But I think what's better to do is to point to her feet and say, "No, wait a minute, that belongs to me." Mm-hmm. That's that's actually Christ's, right? Like that's that's my position. I, I'm the one that actually says this stuff matters and has meaning, and that there are moral oughts and responsibilities, like you know, that are, that are above all of our heads, and they they are all like consistent with God's character. So that's that's mine. So don't give the unbeliever the ground. Don't let them have it. Like just take it away from them. You're not supposed to have that. Please give it back, and that should help them to see. Oh, wait a tick. I, yeah, that, that isn't that isn't consistent. Yeah, you're right. I, I am I am moving away to nihilism. Like you know, that's what you wanted to push him to it. Um, and so that's what I was trying to do here, is I'm trying to expose the borrowed capital and not pretend neutrality with her. I want to show her you're not supposed to have that. You, you can't have that. Not without Jesus. Um, if you want if you want to have that, repent and believe the gospel. Come to Christ. Be reconciled to God, and then all that's going to have meaning. Then, then all of it's going to be consistent, right? And so that's sort of what's what's happening here is is don't answer the fool, to, fool according to their folly, and then answer the fool according to their folly. That means step into their position for a minute and say, look, look what happens when you reason like this. Look at your worldview. So do an internal critique. That's what's happening here. Because of how it affects the other bag of biological stuff. So what? You're all you're all accidents. Pardon. Now, now, I don't agree with this. I'm, I'm challenging sort of, I'm going to tr- have you think about your perspective. My okay. response to you would be, so what? You're in a cosmically indifferent universe. Richard Dawkins says there is no good, there is no evil, there's only blind and pitiless indifference. Dr. Will Provine, he was a professor of biology at Cornell University. Um, he died. He's just a brilliant man, but he was very consistent with his atheistic uh, presuppositions. He says uh, there is no God, there is no ultimate. He says you live, you die, and you're gone. You're absolutely gone when you die. There is no ultimate purpose, no ultimate meaning. Now, here's what's amazing is that, Lizzie, while you do hold to that position as an atheist, you don't live like that. You live like right. a Christian. So what's happening there is is an attempt to explain her position she's supposed to be holding to given her 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 stated commitments this is what you're supposed to believe but oddly you're not acting like that is true you're actually living like the, the image of god you're act you're living like a christian mm-hmm. would live and it's it's trying to to show her that there's some some suppression going on and that um, she doesn't have a right to these things. And, and the whole goal here is to do what? Expose the unbelief, the foolishness, expose the suppression of truth, reveal the image of God, put it right in front of their face. You're in the image of the true God. This is who you're rebelling against. And then come in with the good news so that you don't just leave them in a collapsed position, but you now have given them the hope of the gospel because, of course, Romans 1, the same section that says that all of us know God, we don't want to know God, and then we suppress the truth and unrighteousness is the very same passage that says the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Same, same passage, just right there within a space of a few verses. Um, I was going to say, you, you really had to educate her first. <laughs> right. Before, before anything else, you had, to, you had to teach her what she should be believing. You know what is funny? Check the connection. Isn't that the very same thing you have to do with Mormons today? I was just going to, yeah. <laughs> You have to, like Jerry says, you got to convert right. them to Mormonism first. Right. Well, because every exactly right. everyone has fallen for this weird, like, 
universalism, all paths lead somewhere as long as you feel good about it. Right. You like pretty much everyone has adopted that. I mean, everyone has Mm -hmm. not, I don't mean like on a specific personal level, but in terms of like groups, like even Christians have basically, they've, they've, uh, we determined at some point that like, in order to be a Buddhist, you have to believe some certain things that discriminate against other things. Mm-hmm. In order to be a Christian, there is a historical definition that mm-hmm. says, like, Christianity believes in this. Same with Catholicism, atheism. But now we've just kind of made this, like, weird, mm-hmm. like, neutral thing mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. nobody has to... We're all fine. It's like, oh, are you a Catholic? But, like, something makes you feel bad about being a Catholic? Well... Don't worry about it. Right. I've run into a ton of uh, Roman Catholics in the last couple of years that are like, yeah, I'm Roman Catholic, but uh, you know, I don't really, I don't have to accept any of that stuff. Uh, it's in the right. Oh, like, well, happened. Well, gonna... But what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, then why do you want to be a Catholic? Well, that happened to us. I forgot. To, I didn't. I didn't tell right. you this. Uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Isaac, Isaac, can hop in here. Isaac, you're listening right now. We were in uh, South Carolina for the for the rally, and we went to a, a restaurant right across from the state capitol. It was in the evening, and there was a woman there, and she had on a mask. Uh, she was okay. Now, mind you, it's a very tight space. This place was very, very small. Everyone's like elbow to elbow. There was like barely any room to move in this place. And no one's wearing a mask because everyone's sitting down and apparently COVID can't get you when you're eating. Uh, but she came in and she has her mask on the whole time. She's the one person in there. Hey, Isaac, what was her, what was on her mask? What does it say on her mask? It's something about Biden, Why'd right? Why'd you even ask him to come on here? Wasn't it something about Biden? <laughs> <laughs> it was something about Biden. Uh, but anyway, so like she starts she starts to engage with us and she's like she's this Biden super fan. And then, you know, we're like looking for the opportunity to give her the gospel. And Isaac ended up spending like probably 30 minutes talking to her, giving her the gospel oh, nice. and challenging her. But she kept saying she was Roman Catholic. And when she found out that I was a pastor and we were there to do what we were doing against abortion, uh, we were just then we we're challenging because she was like a hardcore gangster democrat and i think she was mm-hmm. there doing stuff at the legislature you know for the for the leftists and everything but you know she's in the bar and uh, in the, the the pub and the restaurant like and she's walking around with this this mask on and we're like we just pointed out so we're like what 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 are you doing like why are you doing yeah. it because it was it was her uh it was her um it was her costume it was her oh, uniform sure. Yeah, she's yeah. she's wearing right. her she was wearing her uniform and we're like you can take that off while you talk to us i said i want to see your face i yeah. want to see your face and uh anyway she kept like saying she supports biden we're like well biden supports the murder of the unborn how can you be catholic and support biden but she basically was like you know well i'm catholic and it's the best thing in the world and it's the one true church but i don't really believe what they believe <laughs> we're like <laughs> well and that's what it's like sort of oh. a um it's very disconnected from any critical thinking or any like uh, nothing means anything there is no historic definitions there is it's just like whatever whatever you want actually whatever you want like if you want to be a catholic that you can like go to your catholic mass and then like even the rest of the week you could go outside of the church and be like i hate catholicism and you could still be like mm-hmm. oh but i am a catholic i don't yeah. know it's to the point where you can do whatever you want Pretty and still call it. yourself whatever you want mm-hmm. that's just where we're at and and we need to point out this, we need to point out those inconsistencies even when they exist in us like, oh yeah even when they exist you find out like oh i'm being kind of inconsistent with what i believe right now i need to change that i need to repent of that so mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's some more. Live like there's moral odds. I feel like 
I live like a decent human being. Well, you live like um, a person who's holding to Christian presuppositions. You're acting like there's moral oughts and responsibilities. You're complaining about what one person does to another person. But it's not consistent with your with your profession as an atheist, though, is it? Um, also, that's like exactly the same for every other religion, even sat- even Satanism. Oh, describe that. Can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, again, looking for big ticket items, you're like, um, yeah. we could talk about that. Um, I seem to remember something in Satanism, uh, do as thou wilt, <laughs> right? And uh, No, Satan, I, I could have easily gone into that and challenged her, her claim about Satanism yeah. and treating others well and all the rest. Uh, Satanism is very much about do as thou wilt, do what you do for your own pleasure and those sorts of things. So actually, that would have been another road to go down with her, but I chose... Not to. Yeah, I mean, what's decency in atheism? Exactly. Again, there's so much there. Like, you just can't help it. The image of God is just pouring out of you. Like, you know, it's like I say, I've said often in my talks about Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins writes River Out of Eden, and he says, there is no good, there is no evil, only blind and pitiless indifference. I challenge you to look at his Twitter feed over the last two years and, and, and ask yourself the question, does this man seem like he actually thinks there are things that are right and wrong? In his book, In Atheism, he says, there is no right, there is no wrong, there is no good, there is no evil, there's only blind and pitiless indifference. And I'm saying, okay, look at his Twitter feed. And I'll bet you if somebody breaks in his house tonight, um, he'll be on the phone with the cops acting like something was wrong with that. Well, he says Christians abuse their children by teaching them. Yeah. Can't get away the from the Bible. It. So, can't, but can't like why what what is abuse? No. What is the problem? So, <laughs> one of my favorite debate moments was when John Lennox pressured him on whether or not he loves his wife. Mhm. I I love that moment. And he's mm-hmm. just like, "Well, how do you define love in your in your worldview. That's so. right. You did a good job. Old good good old Linux. Um, hold on. I don't have like the the rules memorized. Oh my gosh. No, it's um, okay. Just I you could just give me a general like what what do you mean by this? It's the same for other religions. What do you mean? All religions pretty much are about respecting others, treating others with respect. Yeah, all religions are held by people who are made in the image of the same God. Now, I would say all those other religions, if you wanted to go through a list, I would I would happily go through a list of different religions that are internally inconsistent and collapse and contradict themselves um, and, of course, others. But I would I believe that every one of us is made in the image of the same God. There's only one God mm-hmm. who's eternal. And we're all the problem. And this would be a description here, Lizzie, about all of us. We're all rebels and sinners. And so we're all rebels and sinners against the same God. And we're all ultimately, we have a propensity towards idolatry. We worship anything else except God, the true God. And so that comes out in false religion and contradictory religions. And it comes out in even the worship of the creation itself is that we don't want the true God. So we worship the creation itself and, um, and we don't want his ways. But it was amazing, Lizzie, and I just want to just maybe have you think about this, is that it's our sin that actually brings us to these perspectives that are irrational, that are inconsistent. It's not really that they're rational positions that we go, hey, that makes sense, I'll hold that. I think it's our sin that brings us to it. So for example, in this case, you are a a wonderful, valuable woman um, who is very sweet and is living very inconsistently with your basic assertions about the world. You're an atheist, so you, you would say ultimately there's no purpose, no meaning, no value, none of those things, but you're not living like that. You're living like a Christian. Okay. I don't really know what to reply to that. <laughs> I, so I just want you to think about that. And I think and just and highlight that. And this is this is in no way intended, I promise you, Lizzie, to, to it be an insult because it applies to me, too. 
I think the problem in the cases of all these contradictory perspectives and worldviews, again, isn't that I have adopted a rational position that seems to make sense. It's that deep down I'm at war with my creator. I'm mm-hmm. a sinner. I'm a rebel. And, the, and I want you just to hear this as we move on. My hope for you is that you would come to know Christ in the same way that I have as a sinner. The story of the gospel is that God became a man in Christ and he took on flesh. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He died a death that we actually deserve because we're the rebels and he rose again from the dead. And the message that's the good news, Lizzie, is that you can have peace with God if you turn from sin and trust in Christ. And so that's the that's the substance of what, what I want you to hear. But And so there you go. So hopefully we, that's uh, illustrative of what we want to try to do our best to, to, to do when we talk to unbelievers is, is really expose, expose the unbelief, expose the rebellion, expose the sin, explain to them that your problem is sin. It's not that you've just chosen a bad position, right? Like okay. you, you just, just chose to believe something that's kind of silly. The reason that you're reasoning like this is because you're a sinner and you're a rebel against God. Like you didn't come to these conclusions because you just thought it was a great argument. You came to these conclusions because you're at war with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then show her her sin and say your only hope uh, for pe- to, to peace with God is through Christ. And here's who Christ is, and here's what he accomplished. And so repent and believe the gospel. Repent and turn to Christ to have peace with God. Like that's the ultimate goal. So like, yes, when I talk to somebody, I'm always trying my best to find some way. And in this conversation, I think it took place two or three times, I'm trying to find some way to make sure that I go, therefore, repent and believe the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Like, therefore, repent and believe the gospel. And I think if you're holding on to a consistent Christian position where you've always, the whole conversation, not pretending neutrality, you've been standing on the Word of God, you've been holding on to Christ and God's revelation, you'll always be able to find that opportunity to say, and therefore, repent and believe the gospel, like come to Christ to live. Mm. So yeah, hopefully that illustrates, I think hopefully a good way that we can do this in a way that glorifies God, loves the person and gives them the gospel. I was just going to say that I've been, I've had this conversation uh, quite a bit recently with people um, trying to end abortion um, that are frustrated with like the, specifically with the pro-life movement. Like they're like, well, I don't understand, you know, why they don't get this, like that it's murder and stuff like that. And, and, what, I, the, what I've been saying a lot is like we can't expect to, to win people, whether it's abortion, whether it's an atheist, whether it's a Mormon, we can't expect them to win them to Christ with just mere information. Yeah. Like we can't expect to change the culture just by changing people's minds. And that's the point of precept. And that's why it's different from, say, William Lane Craig. Right. You know, where who's just going to try to win you to the possibility of God like right that doesn't doesn't do anything like it has to involve the gospel it has to involve a heart change pretended neutrality yeah. the or whole way through or it's a waste of time or even saying things like I haven't come here to defend the biblical God tonight yeah. I'm, I'm talking about general theism it's like no yeah. thanks yeah no thanks because uh, there's no gospel there there's no exposure of sin there's no call to repentance and faith no thanks with that neutrality no way or when he says to Lawrence Krauss when he says are you certain that God exists and Craig says no <laughs> He's not certain God exists. Gets well, listen, me every time. <laughs> if I'm not certain God exists, then I have no cause whatsoever to call you to come and die yeah. and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Like, if you're not certain that God exists, 
it's kind of hard to sell someone the idea of coming to die, <laughs> to believe in Christ right. and to follow him as Lord. That's totally inconsistent. It's not biblical. It's not philosophically consistent and is devoid of the gospel, ultimately. Any last words? I was just going to say that that little, inter- the very end of the little interaction where she said, like, I don't really have an answer to that. I'm not like I'm not trying to flatter her or anything like that, but it kind of points back to what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, which is that like if you find yourself in a position where I don't know, maybe like you're feeling a little heated or you're taking it personally or maybe your pride is flaring up. um, It's okay to just it's okay to say to someone like I don't exactly know the answer to that question or it's okay to kind of like, it's okay to just, like what she did is not the easiest thing to do yeah. based off of the evidence I've seen from the internet. Right. It's very hard <laughs> yeah. for people to just say, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's okay to respond with that. I think, I don't know. I think maybe sometimes people see you interact and they just think like, oh, well, that like went so well. There was this back and forth. Like he always had something to say. He was gracious. But you've been doing this for decades. Long time. And so some of it's sanctification. Some of it is just Thousands learning. of on-the-street conversations. Right. Right. yes. I'm really glad that the early ones weren't recorded. Well, and some of, some of the early ones include things like, I don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I think sometimes that, like, being unable to put your pride away is just what causes all the... Right the ugliness. Hey, I'm, I'm actually, I've gotten to a place where I'm really settled on this. People will ask me uh, questions often. They'll send me a, a message about some obscure, difficult text in scripture. It's mm-hmm. like, can you help me with this? My answer is, I haven't got that worked out yet. I'm working on right. it. I'm not going to try to, I'm, right. not, I'm not even going to attempt to teach you on it when I haven't, when I'm not certain about my conclusions that this is what God is saying here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm working on it. <laughs> so I think that's a good place to be. Yeah. Amen. All right. Luke the Bear. Peace it, out. Enjoy the girl. See ya. This has been Apology Radio. Don't forget to go to endabortionnow.com. Get your church signed up. Get free training. Get free resources. Join the hundreds of churches across the United States of America right now that are saving children this very day. And uh, join us as we work to bring the gospel into conflict with the legislatures across the country to establish justice for the preborn. It's all there. It's all free. Thank you to everybody who gave to End Abortion Now to make that possible for churches to get all their training and resources and all of our support absolutely for free. Not a dime asked. Uh, Everything goes to them uh, as a blessing from you. Uh, Don't forget to sign up for All Access right after this. Go to ApologiaStudios.com. Sign up for All Access. Get your free Bonson U account. Uh, Do it today and start learning. Start learning. Start digesting that. It's going to be a big blessing. We have more coming. Some cool stuff structurally towards Bonson U that's going to bless your life in a big, big way. So we're working hard on it in the background, guys. Pray for us because we're a smaller staff. Very talented people, but there's only so many hours in the day. And so we're working on speeding things up for you guys. Um, And uh, we'll catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio.